This is Hick at Night. Here's your host, Ryan Hickey. And welcome on in to Hick at Night with Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio. Very excited to be here with you on the final regular season Saturday of the college football season. And we've, boy, let me tell you, we as college football fans, we have been given a treat. Michigan beating Ohio State in a great back-and-forth game, 30-24. to Alabama trailing most of the game to Auburn, down 24-20, needing an absolute miracle and pulling it off, converting a fourth and goal from the 31-yard line, basically a Hail Mary, into the back left corner of the, uh, of the end zone, Jalen Milrow to Isaiah Bond to win that game for Alabama and just pull an absolute rabbit out of the hat in being their in-state rivals on the road. Alabama wins 27-24. Washington beats Washington State 24-21 after going for it on fourth down in their own end with a minute to go, converting, then kicking a walk-off field goal with no time remaining on the clock as they win 24-21 over Washington State and move to 12-0 on the season. And now in the nightcap, We got some good games here as well. We got right now number five, Florida State trailing at halftime to Florida, 12 to seven. We have right now number one, Georgia, only beating Georgia Tech 21-13, just about a minute to go here uh, before halftime down in Atlanta. So the number one team in the country, one possession game against an in-state rival on the road. Number five team in the country, losing right now a one possession game against an in-state rival on the road. Clemson right now against South Carolina, 13-7. They are beating the Gamecocks four minutes ago for halftime there. So we have some really, really good action ahead of us right now. It's going to be a fun final hour. Oh, yeah, by the way, number 10 Louisville goes down to Kentucky, 38-31. So that really hurts Florida State's strength of schedule for next week. When those two teams meet in the ACC championship game, as Florida State tries to re-impress the college football playoff committee uh, without Jordan Travis and get their spot as one of the four teams still alive in the playoff. But you look at it right now, it's going to be a hell of a finish. And this committee, it's going to be a very, very brutal discussion and discussions they're going to have here This week and next week to try to figure out who the top four teams in the country are as we get set for for the college football playoff field to be set on Sunday afternoon. All right, so speaking of which right now, again, we we have Georgia right now up 21-13 over Georgia Tech. Michigan beating Ohio State. I think going into conference championship weekend, you should have Michigan being the number one team in the country. There's no doubt about it. They have done enough to surpass Georgia going into the final week of the season. They should have that one next to their name after what they've done in this month of November. Again, I think right now they have the best win over any team in college football right now with their win over number two, Ohio State. No team in the country can boast and brag about having a better win than the right now, you having 
Michigan's win over Ohio State at home, 30-24. to So Michigan has right now a top two victory and the best win in the country. They also have a win over number 11 Penn State on the road as well, both without their head coach in Jim Harbaugh, which, again, I don't really take a lot of – I don't put a lot into that. I think this suspension of Jim Harbaugh for the final three games of the regular season was more headline-grabbing than actually was a real substance. He's there coaching during the week. I don't think his lack of presence on the sideline is really as impactful as some made it seem to be. So I don't think that was really a big-time punishment whatsoever. But nonetheless, it's a fact. Without Jim Harbaugh on the sideline, went into Happy Valley, beat Penn State, beat Ohio State at home, and they've beaten everyone else soundly. They have smoked every single opponent. The only really letdown you could say they had was last week against Maryland. Needed to squeeze that victory out. But otherwise, they have blown out every single team they've played. And no other team in the country can really say that. Georgia's had close calls against South Carolina at home, against Auburn on the road. You have Ohio State, again, losing to Michigan, but also playing with their food a little bit earlier in the year. Washington has had some close calls against Arizona State, dumpster fire. Stanford, terrible. Oregon's not really had many close calls themselves. They had a close one against Texas Tech earlier in the season. But also the Ducks do not have anywhere near the resume that Michigan has, that Georgia has. So no team has done what Michigan has done. Blow out all of your inferior opponents and have two top 11 wins on the season. I don't see how you can't move Michigan from one to three, or I'm sorry, from three to one. Let's get that order right. From three to one in this upcoming college football playoff committee's rankings. I don't care what Georgia does tonight. They're beating Georgia Tech by right now eight. They could beat Georgia Tech by 50. I don't see how you can right now have Georgia going to the last week of the season being the number one team in the country. Now, we can have a discussion if and when Georgia beats Alabama of readjusting that order. Fine. But I I take these rankings, and they should be a week-by-week comparison, and they should go based on your week-by-week look. So I have no problem moving a, a team from number one down, even if they didn't lose because someone else impressed. Or that team at number one, eh, played okay, but you know they're, they're struggling against bad teams they shouldn't. I got no problem moving teams based on who they play, how they look, but also I don't really view it as punishing teams and moving them down. I look at it more as rewarding teams for challenging themselves and winning big games, and that's what I think would happen here. Last three weeks, you played two top 11 teams, one on the road, one at home. You won both. And you beat the second-best team in the country to go to 12-0. You should be, and Michigan, that is, should be the number one team in the country. No doubt about it. If not, the committee is absolutely failing. Because they passed the eye test. They've now passed the resume test. They have a better resume than Georgia. Better resume than Ohio State. Better resume than than Washington or Florida State. They have done enough to earn it. And they should be rewarded for such. Even if, like, this is the thing. I don't mind moving them up to number one and then putting Georgia at number one next week if they beat Alabama. 
Like, I have no problem switching number one all the time. I think it should be a week-by-week basis. So Michigan should get rewarded for beating number two Ohio State, but next week they're playing number 17 Iowa. Okay, not as great, not as impressive as Georgia playing currently right now number eight Alabama. And especially if Georgia whoops them and Kirby Smart sends Nick Saban to the, you know, to the woodshed, absolutely Georgia deserves to get pushed back up to number one. But I think in this week-by-week comparison that we do with the college football playoff rankings being revealed every Tuesday night, when they come out, and I guess, I mean, what's it going to be? I can't do any math, so I'm just going to say three days from now. I'm just going to try to do the, the numbers, 24, 48, 72 hours from now. Right? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. 72 hours from now. I always got to double-check the math. We should see a one next to Michigan's name. Michigan 1, Georgia 2, Washington 3. And where it gets really tricky, I would put Ohio State 4. I would. I think they have a better resume right now than Oregon. And they have a better resume than Florida State. Again, we are talking about right now Florida State losing to Florida. 12 to 7. One minute into the third quarter. Seminoles do have the ball facing a third down. But like we're talking about right now. Again, I don't want to hear about Florida State playing with a backup quarterback and Tate Rodemaker. Because guess what? Florida's doing the same exact thing. Florida has their quarterback making his first career start in Max Brown. So you have two teams right now. One 11 and 0. The other five and six. Both having quarterbacks, their own quarterbacks, get hurt last week. Unfortunately, have to miss this game this week. So far, Florida's moved the ball a ton. They've had no problem moving the ball up and down the field against this Florida State defense. And Florida State offensively has been the team that's been struggling. Has been the team that can't put drives together. Really, outside of one good drive they had where they scored a touchdown, they have struggled to... Get first downs to put long drives together and actually just be a threat to this Florida offense. And we're talking about 85 total yards so far, one minute into the third quarter for Florida State. Florida, again, with their own backup quarterback, doubling up right now with the Seminoles have. I don't want to hear about Florida State and their quarterback excuse. They've not looked good most of this year. They've not played good most of this year. And on an even playing field with an inferior opponent playing also the backup quarterback, they have looked terrible. But 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Taking your thoughts right now from what we've seen I think this, this the Georgia-Georgia Tech score, to me, is irrelevant. What we saw today in Michigan beating Ohio State is enough for me to say Michigan, when the rankings come out here on Tuesday night, should be the number one team in the country. Do you agree? 855-212-4227. You can tweet me at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Joe was calling from Pittsburgh. What's up, Joe? Ryan, how are you? Doing good, buddy. How you hanging, man? I'm good. Listen, I, I can agree with you to a point, but I look at it like this. When 
if I'm the champs and I'm and I'm undefeated for the last three years, as far as I'm concerned, I'm number one until you beat me. You haven't beat me yet. I don't care if you're a small team or a big team. You have no one's beat them yet. No one. And when they do, then you can say like, you can knock me down off the, you know, the pedestal as I feel. But, and I understand what Michigan's doing, but they struggled against Maryland last week. Um, and right. last year when they played TCU, they got a licking. They got a licking. Right, but they, that was last year. I agree, but. Has Georgia even been challenged? I mean, besides Joe. I mean, in the last three years, they haven't been really challenged. Well, I mean, I mean we let's really- just look at this year because I think for me, Joe, the rankings are all about a year to year. What have you done this year, this year only? I don't care what Georgia did in 2021 or 2022. Them being the back-to-back reigning champs, to me personally, is irrelevant when it comes to how you rank teams. But let's talk about has Georgia been challenged this year. Well, they're losing 14 three at halftime against South Carolina. South Carolina, last time I checked, is what, four wins, five wins on the season? Not playing very well. They were tied in the fourth quarter against Auburn earlier this year. Not a very good team whatsoever. Now, they won those games, but if, we, if we're going to talk about Michigan struggling with Maryland, rightfully so, fair criticism, we also then have to mention Georgia played close games against inferior opponents against South Carolina and against Auburn. They've equally struggled, but you have Michigan right now beating number two Ohio State better than any win right now George has on their resume. And according to the latest college football playoff rankings, the win over um, Penn State at number 11, I mean, right now Missouri's number nine, so that is Georgia's best win, but that win against Penn State right now at number 11 is also right there. So you have two wins equal slash greater than what Georgia has. I agree, but I, Ryan, do you also throw into the conference that they're playing in? I, I mean, that to me, I, I don't think Michigan plays in a, an absolutely, you know, inferior conference like Georgia plays every year, Alabama plays every year. Like those, those well, are has, like. Let me ask you this, Joe. If you wanted to play the conference card, who has Georgia played this year that's been like the, these world beaters that Michigan hasn't played? Well, Tennessee isn't bad. They're not good, Joe. That's going to be your first team hey. you throw out. And listen, they're not. Alabama's decent. They haven't played them yet. They haven't played them yet. I agree. Um, we'll also throw in the fact that if the Gators' quarterback doesn't go down, they're decent. I think. Uh, well, he was healthy when they played, and they're also yes. five and six. He he was he played up until last week against Missouri, so it's not like he's been out for most of the year. Graham Mertz has played. Let's say to this point in the season, eighty-five percent of the year, ninety percent of the year. Oh yes. How about this, right? Can we agree on this? If Georgia goes and smacks Alabama up next week, and Michigan just absolutely plays Iowa to a, you know, like a thirteen-ten game, I think Michigan's got to look in look at themselves in the mirror and say, "Can I compete with Georgia?" I wouldn't go that far, but I would agree with flipping them, like. I think Michigan going into this uh, conference championship weekend, Joe, should be number one. Even if okay, but this is what I'm going right. to say. I thought you meant. I thought you meant number one, Ryan. Maybe I took it wrong. I thought you meant number one throughout the whole rest of the year. Like they should be number one throughout the rest of the year, no matter what happens. No, no, we're just going this week only, Joe, because I would agree with you. Even if Michigan smokes Iowa, who right now is currently yeah. 17th in the country, and Georgia smokes Alabama who's number eight in the country, Georgia, to me, would be that's the more impressive win, and they would deserve the bump up over Michigan. So I do okay. think it's a, a weekly thing, and I appreciate the call, buddy. 
But yeah, not to get that confused, I think for this week going to conference championship weekend, you have to reward Michigan for playing and beating Ohio State, the number two team in the country, and move them to number one, no matter how badly Georgia beats Georgia Tech today. It's 21-13. Uh, let, me, let me just double check that, actually. Did Georgia Tech hit a field goal? They did not. Missed a field goal, so it's 21-13 at halftime. Sorry about that. I don't care if they blow them up by 30. That win over Georgia Tech on the road is going to be nowhere near as impressive as beating the number two team in the country. So for this week, with the resume Michigan has of two top 11 wins, best win in college football, and also, by the way, smoking everyone else they have played, they deserve to be going into conference championship weekend to be the number one team in the country. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. I want to continue this conversation here. Do you agree that Michigan, after their win over Ohio State, should be the number one team in the country when it comes to the latest college football playoff rankings? Also, when we return, I want to keep that conversation going and also mention this. We just had a Florida State touchdown. Trey Benson ran around the right side about 25, 30 yards in for a touchdown. It is now 14-12, Florida State ahead of Florida. What does Florida State have to do to get back into the top four in the college football playoff discussion? We'll hit on that when we do return. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. This is Hick at Night. Here's your host, Ryan Hickey. All right, I got to get this off my chest. It's been boiling for a few weeks here, and that's this. As we're watching right now, Florida State is beating Florida 14-12. to The Gators, though, were on the move. They're at the Florida State. It looks to be 22-yard line. It's going to be about third and eight or so. We're halfway through the third quarter. So Florida, bare minimum, if they don't convert this third down, they're in field goal range. If they hit it, they will be taking the lead midway through the third quarter against Florida State. I don't care if Florida State is 13-0. You know what Florida State has to do to even be in consideration for the college football playoff? They needed to beat Florida 35-0 and leave no doubt who the better team is. Then go and play Louisville next week and beat them 45-0 and leave no doubt in that game. With a backup quarterback in Tate Rotomaker, you have to earn and prove it to the committee that you are truly one of the four best teams in the country. And up until this point, the only thing Florida State has done to be considered even in the college football playoff mix is win 11 games. Not to poo-poo those wins, but a lot of those wins came against bad teams, and in a lot of those games, they did not play well. They played down to their competition. I don't think being undefeated is an automatic qualifier for you to make the college football playoff. I don't. So 13-0, it's not automatic that Florida State with either Jordan Travis starting. Obviously, unfortunately, he's not. But even if he was starting, I don't think 13-0 is an automatic qualifier for you to make the college football playoff because it's about how you look and who you play. And this is why. This is the exact reason why, as Florida hits the field goal, it's 15-14 right now, Florida over Florida State, why we went away from the computers, threw them out, got rid of the BCS, and went to a committee, a 13-person committee, and created the college football playoff. 
because we needed to use logic and eyes to help us dictate who the four best teams are in college football. If we didn't need to look at how you play and just looked at records, we didn't even need a computer to tell us oh, who's 12-0, who's 13-0. Okay, you're in. If that's all we're doing, and just saying, oh, who has the most wins, and we're going to put those four teams in, we are wasting our time. That is not why the college football playoff was, was created, and that's not why we threw away the computers. It's because you have to use logic. You have to use your eyes in part on top of a resume to tell you how teams look and who they play. And Florida State this year has not looked very good in the games they have won, and now they are playing a team in Florida who also has their own backup quarterback. So Florida and Florida State in this game are on the same playing field in terms of both of their starting quarterbacks got hurt last week. Both new quarterbacks, both backup quarterbacks, in the case of Tate Rotemaker making his second career start, in the case of Max Brown making his first career start, so combined have three starts to their name. Very inexperienced. Despite that fact, you have Florida outgaining right now Florida State as we speak halfway through the third quarter in a game in which the Gators are winning 15-14. You have Florida outgaining Florida State 240 to 160. You have the Gators having more first downs right now than Florida State. You have Florida State right now 2 of 6 third down conversions compared to 7 of 12 for the Gators. They have, despite the fact that you're dealing with the same circumstances, back of quarterbacks that are very inexperienced, you have a 5-6 and six team totally outclassing and outplaying a team that is number 5 in the country and 11-0 that is trying to claim that they are truly one of the, the four best teams in the country. What are we talking about? They're not good at all. I don't care if they win this game. I don't care if they beat Louisville next week. If they are 13-0, they belong nowhere near the college football playoff, uh, nowhere near the college football playoff, because they are not one of the best four teams in the country. 13-0 does not mean you are truly one of the best. It does not. And that is why we got the committee in the first place, to have our eyes tell us, yeah, their record is nice, but, oh, who do they play? Well, they play no one good. Their best win is number 14, LSU which outside of Oregon, that is worse than everyone else in front of them or behind them that is still live for the college football playoff. And they played down to their competition, I would argue, in five out of their, or really six, if you want to count North Alabama, which I would when you're down 13 nothing to start the game last week. I guess a team you paid to come over there. But even if you want to say, well, Ryan, they won 58-13, fine, throw that game out. Five out of 11 games. We are talking about Florida State struggling against inferior opponents and playing down to their competition. When your best win is in a good SEC team, nothing great, and you are struggling half your wins, what other team is making the college football playoff? What other team can truly claim they're one of the four best teams in the country? That's right. I don't see a path right now for Florida State. And also, I don't want to hear about Cardell Jones. The 2014 Ohio State comparison where JT Barrett goes down, Cardell Jones, really the third string Ohio State quarterback that year, comes in for one start in the Big Ten title game 
and the committee puts Ohio State in, and then eventually, as we know, the Buckeyes win the national title that year. Here's the difference between Ohio State that year in 2014 and Florida State this year. Number one, Florida State did not handle their business and did not blow a lot of teams out. Ohio State did. Go back and look at that Buckeyes team in 2014. Really, outside of double overtime against Penn State, they handled every team they played. So they were not playing teams close. They're not playing down to their level of competition like we've seen the Seminoles consistently do this season. That's number one. Number two, in the only game Cardale Jones started before the playoff was selected, he, along with the rest of the offense, beat Wisconsin 59-0 in the Big Ten title game. Smoked them. Blew their doors off. We are seeing right now Tate Rotemaker in his first career start losing to a 5-6 and six Florida team 15-14 where they're getting outgained and outclassed in the third quarter. Ohio State left no doubt in that game that, sure, we have a third-string quarterback, but we are still one of the four best teams in the country. We proved it up until this point by handling our business, and now we're going to blow Wisconsin out and let you know, hey, by the way, in our conference championship game, yeah, we're legit. Florida State has hung around against bad teams for most of the year, and now with their backup quarterback in, is getting outclassed and outplayed by a team who's under 500 and who also is playing with a backup quarterback. Like, what are we doing here? It is obvious. It is simple. Florida State is not one of the four best teams in the country. I don't care that Ohio State lost to Michigan. When the college football playoff committee rankings come out on Tuesday, Ohio State still should be ahead of Florida State. Oregon should be ahead of Florida State. Texas should be ahead of Florida State. And Alabama should be ahead of Florida State. This team in the Seminoles, bare minimum, should be sitting there at number eight going to conference championship weekend. There is no way you could sell me they are the better team right now than any of those other teams I just listed. And there is no case to be made that you can truly say Florida State is one of the four best teams in the country. That is what we're looking for. That is what these Seminoles are not. So 855-212-4227. I want to go to really quickly here, Sean in Rockville, who has some thoughts on that. Hello, Sean. How's it going? We're chilling, man. How you hanging? Oh, I'm all right. Just out here working. Nice. But, nice. Uh, Appreciate you listening while you're working. What are your uh, but, uh, What are your thoughts on Florida State? Now, I am the furthest thing from a Florida State fan. Okay. But, in my opinion, if they go undefeated, they should be in. If ACC is a power five, a so-called power five conference, and they win the ACC undefeated, then they should be in. And, and, and in my opinion, to end all this conversation of all these who's the best of whatever, <clears throat> I called in the other day and said this. If you have your six teams that are in the playoffs, then you should have six conferences. The six winners are in the playoffs, and it's a done deal. You win your conference, you're in the playoffs. Then you don't have to worry about all these other who's going to be going in, who's being selected. You can't tell me these guys who are doing the selections never had a favorite team, and they're going to sit there and, you know, veer their way towards, like you said, Alabama. Alabama barely escaped Auburn today. They did. Uh, that's no different than if Florida State escapes tonight. So why would why should they get a nod towards being in? Well, They'd here's be what I'll say. Little teams also. Right. 
Sean, I appreciate the call, buddy. Hopefully, work is hopefully we're making work go by a little bit faster here. Thank you for listening. Um, this is what I'll say. This is why I disagree. This is, and here's the biggest problem: is that you're talking about winning a Power Five championship, which right now Florida State, if they beat Florida and they beat Louisville next week, they will do being their undefeated Power Five champ. We've never seen a Power Five undefeated champ in the college football playoff era not be one of the four teams in the college football playoff. Here's though one of the problems: the ACC is, I think, easily the worst of the Power Five conferences, number one. Number two, when you have five Power Five conferences and only four playoff spots, one conference is always getting left out, right? One conference champion is always going to get the short end of the stick, sometimes multiple, when you have other conferences like the Big Ten or the SEC getting multiple teams in, then all of a sudden that means multiple conference champions are getting left out other other places. So you do have to use subjectiveness. And so I don't think it's insulting and or wrong to say, well, yeah, Florida State's 13-0, and they play in the weakest conference of the Power Five, even though they've won all their games. Look at, let's just say, Washington, who played in a very tough and very deep Pac-12. If they lose to Oregon next week and they're 12-1, and I would easily argue Washington's resume is way more impressive and way better, even with one loss, versus what Florida State had this season at 13-0. I would look at Alabama if they beat Georgia next week. Georgia at 12-1 and as a non-Power 5 conference champ is way better resume-wise and team-wise than what Florida State has done this year. So you do need to be subjective. Like, there is a lot of it's not just cut and drive. Oh, you win your conference, you're in. Next year, that's the case. When we go to 12 teams, but when we have four teams, you have to use judgment. You do have to include the eye test and not just who you play, but how you play. Right? It's, it goes hand in hand. And so if you are playing tough teams and winning, you should be rewarded for that. And if you are playing bad teams and still winning but struggling and making it you know tough, I don't think you should be rewarded. And that's the case in this scenario with Florida State, where right now they're losing to a 5-6 and six Florida team in the third quarter, 15-14. Continue to play down to their level of competition. Dexter Henry is not only here doing the updates, doing a great job for us. He's also an ACC man, Pitt fan. I, I am. You know the conference very well. Do you think a 13-0 Pitt team, Dex, should be in the college football playoff automatically? If it was, if Pitt was 13-0 this season? No, no, no. For Florida State, sorry. Oh, uh, for Florida State. Did I say Pitt? You said I'm, Pitt. I'm, I, my, wish, my I fault. wish they were 13-0 this season. <laughs> should Florida State, thank you for correcting me, yeah, so be in the playoff if they win these next two games here? No, because I agree with the points that you're making. And I thought you'd made a great distinction about why you have to be subjective and look at it and the totality of what a team has done throughout the season with the 14 playoff. Next year, when we get to 12, it's different. You can give conference winners – who win the conference championship, automatically put him in. I'm cool with that. Like the caller, I'm forgetting his name, who just called in. I think that's fine. But you bring up a great point. Florida State, they play down to the level of the competition. If they lose tonight to Florida, you can't put it. You can't, oh, have, them as one, you can't have them as one of the four best teams in the land. You just can't. It's it, it's no way. And so I think there's a, there is even an argument that even if they finish undefeated, you can, you can say that they don't get in. Because I think Ohio State, even with their loss, is a better team. I, that's just my belief. I think the Big Ten is a stronger conference. I think. We all know this. Come on. like Nobody's saying that the ACC, and I'm an ACC guy, is a, is a strong conference. I agree with you. It's the weakest out of the Power Five conferences. And Florida State needed to wallop Florida in a game like tonight. That needed to happen, Ryan. And 
Right. We're not bare minimum. That. Yeah, bare minimum. Like to even be back in the conversation, thirty-five nothing, something like that, what? and do the same thing next weekend. They're what do you have as Florida State's best win this season? It's LSU. Yeah, that's their best it was one, number right? Fourteen. Right. The that's second their... best win is Clemson, who's right now twenty-four. Yeah, that's Cle- it. Clemson was not looking good at the time. They they won that game. Um, yeah, I'm with you. And I don't are, think it's crazy. They're beating right now South Carolina. Clemson is 16-7. So the longer they win that game, they're not going to fall out of the top 25. Right. But it's like you look at teams right now in the mix of the playoff, both above and below Florida State, they all have more impressive resumes or opportunities to bolster that resume. If you're Oregon, who right now does not have a ranked tech right now at the, t- at the moment, a team they beat in the top 25. But if you beat Washington next week and revenge your only loss, you're in. As a, as a Pac-12 champ, you are absolutely in the playoff. And it's like you look right now with Louisville losing to Kentucky earlier today. Yep. It's not you had a chance at a top ten win. That's now gone by the wayside. We'll see how far Louisville does fall. But now that you know they could fall below LSU, and all of a sudden now you're talking about the first one of the year. That LSU game is still your best one of the season. Well, everyone else is one upping you in terms of who they're playing and how they're looking. I, I don't see how you could say they're one of four best teams. And also, it's not just who you beat. Because, like, Michigan up until two weeks ago when they played Penn State, same thing. They played no one, but they're still in the top four and ranked ahead of Florida State. Why? Because they took care of business. Right? They left no doubt. They played Indiana. It's 45 nothing at halftime. When they played Michigan State, it's 49. I think it was 42 nothing at halftime. Like, they blow these teams out. Dex, you're a pick guy. I mean, we're talking about 24-7. to That I know they're without their two best receivers. Right. But if you were truly one of the four best teams in the country, even without your two best receivers— you find a way, I mean, they did it defensively, one touchdown allowed, but even on the ground to establish a run game and blow a team in pit that lost 58-7 to in Notre Dame the week before, mm-hmm. you don't make it a game. You don't make it a game against Miami and win that game by one touchdown. To your point, there's been way too many times Florida State has made it a game, right? And you, you haven't seen that kind of dominance from them. And I think you have to show that at some point. Look, I'll even say this to the Florida State fan listening, right, Hickey? 15-14, you're trailing right now. It is two minutes and change to go in the third quarter. Can you show up? Can you take care of business at least now? Can you do? So I think your point's valid. There's, it's very much a possibility this team could actually win tonight, beat Louisville in the conference championship game, and still not be one of the four best teams in the country. And I wouldn't think it's unfair. It's just My it's, biggest you can take fear care of business enough. Is that they win these next two games in their ring because the committee does not have the stones. To leave them out, and I don't think they would. Oh, you don't think you don't think you don't I think they don't would. think the mm. committee would. I think they would look at thirteen and zero and look at the precedent of this has never happened before and get scared. I don't. When the push comes to shove, I don't think the committee, actually, in any year, but this year especially, will make the hard. They don't want to make the hard decision. They root for chaos. They do not want to be controversial. And I don't think that if we are sitting here at thirteen and zero, I don't think they would be controversial enough. Even though the eye test says they they're not one of the four best teams. And the resume says they're not one of the four best teams. I don't think they should be in. You don't think they should be in. I don't. If they're 13-0, I would bet my money the committee would put them in. I don't think you can make decisions and just say, we got to put somebody in because this hasn't happened before. It's a nice historic uh, part of the story if you want to say that. But you have to look at I think the point you're making is you have to look at things in totality. And if we value, and I'm not sure all the time what the committee values, but if you value dominance, if you value taking care of business, if you value who you play and when you beat them, which I think matters in college football, then, yes, it's nice that you went 13-0. Really, really nice accomplishment, man. But who'd you beat? When'd you beat them? How'd you take care of business? And I think you were saying all the right things. There are question marks there. And I think if you're being objective about this, 
Sorry, Seminole fans. If you're being objective, I don't feel like Hickey's being biased here. He's keeping it real with y'all and letting you know. You know you didn't dominate anybody and take care of business. You know the truth. That's all I'm saying. That is Mr. ACC is what we call him right here around (laughs) CBS Sports Radio. Dexter Henry preaching the truth. We'll continue to wrap up here what has been a crazy final week of the regular season in college football. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Here, though, with all the scores and all the info from this crazy day in the world of sports, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. ACC, Dexter Henry. This is Hick at Night. Here's your host, Ryan Hickey. Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. We go to the fourth quarter. Florida 15, Florida State 14, 11 minutes to go in Atlanta, Georgia 21, Georgia Tech 13. So right now, two close ones here. We got between top five teams. The biggest takeaway from me this Saturday as you wrap up here on CBS Sports Radio is twofold. Number one, Ohio State is soft under Ryan Day. That's the biggest reason why they lost the last three games against Michigan, but especially today. When you knew what's coming, you knew what to expect. You've been planning for this for three years. Really, forget about three, 365 days, we'll say, because you knew in 2021 and 2022 what to expect here in 2023. Michigan's going to make this more about uh, who, how tough are you versus how much can you out-scheme us by. You knew if you're Ryan Day, as long as you're the tougher team, you're going to win. And the fact that you could not have your team built to match and surpass Michigan's toughness for the third year in a row, very disappointing. Very disappointing right now when you kind of look at the town Ohio State has and how they are just unable to beat Michigan despite the fact they know what's coming. Very impressive by the Wolverines to do it year after year. But definitely, I think for me, I was more disappointed with how Ohio State played than I was impressed with how Michigan played. But with that said, there was still no way no way if you're Ohio State, you can fire Ryan Day. It's not even a discussion. It's not even really a thought because he is still by far a coach that can get you to win a national title. And even though it's been frustrating and ugly so far against Michigan in the last three years, he is still a coach that can get you to win national titles. And winning national championships are more important, more impressive than just beating Michigan. I'd rather win a national championship every single year and lose to Michigan if I was Ohio State than beat Michigan every year and now win a national title. And Ryan Day's one missed field goal last year away against Georgia from going to the national championship game and beating TCU. So despite your loss to Michigan last year, you were one field goal kick from being good away from winning a national title. You are not firing a coach that's gotten you to the national title game once in 2020, the college football playoff three times, and was that close to getting you a national title for the first time since 2014. You're not firing that coach. With a college football playoff expanding next year, you don't have to beat Michigan to make the playoff. You don't have to beat Michigan to win a national title. So there's no reason to fire right now Ryan Day, who has literally beat everybody, everyone under the sun, Outside of the Wolverines, no reason to fire him. He's a tremendous offensive mind. He gives you a, a chance every single year to win a national title. You're not moving on from that, and you're not upgrading your head coach 
if you do move on from Ryan Day. So it's not even a thought. It's not even a possibility. I'm sure you're angry Ohio State fans, and rightfully so. I'm not saying you shouldn't be pissed. You should absolutely be upset and frustrated. But also watch what you wish for. Because you're not finding right now a better coach that's getting you over the hump than what you got right now with Ryan Day. All right, unfortunately, that is all the time we have right now on CBS Sports Radio. Do not go anywhere. Jody Mack is up next. Good news, though. If you missed any part of the show or hopefully like what you hear and want to continue hearing it, check out the Hick at Night podcast. Night spelled N-I-T-E. Andrew Scarpacci's done a tremendous job podcasting the show, so the entire show is uploaded for your listening pleasure as we reacted to a lot of what happened on this crazy Saturday. Also, any time of filling in on CBS Sports Radio, which is this upcoming Tuesday and Wednesday. So big thank you to Andrew for doing a great job producing and Billy Jacqueline, who's here early in the day. A big thank you for you, to you, I should say, for making us a part of your Saturday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I will be back with you on CBS Sports Radio, noon Eastern on Sunday. Get set for NFL Week 12. It's been Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio.